Hello, and welcome to the Vulnerability Junkies podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jamie. On this podcast, we talk about the scary, vulnerable parts of our personal and professional growth, our identities as second-generation Asian Canadians, and talking about our feelings. How well do you know your close friends' life stories? On today's episode, we revisit the School of Life's conversation menus and share the themes we see in each other's journeys. Let's get into it. Hello. What up? How are you feeling today, Kevin? Um, how am I feeling? Pretty tired. Physically like a four, emotionally like a six. Okay. What am I feeling? Frazzled. Frazzled. Yeah, it's been a very long day. Mm. Started the day off like, woke up, went to the gym, didn't sleep that much, was tired, had to do a lot of emotional self-processing in the morning, mm-hmm. um, and then had like just work face grindstone for like 10 hours came home cooked ate and now we're doing this so back day yeah yeah what about you i think physically i'm at like a like a four or five emotionally i'm at like a seven 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 and a half whoa yeah i feel pretty good actually nice dude yeah i think i think i really just needed like a full reset of like not having too much stuff to do on the weekend. I feel like I've been kind of running on fumes for a few weeks. And I just feel the energy and the ease coming back. Like I just don't feel anxious right now. And it's, it's really nice. So there's a lot of different things going on there. But uh, I do think that having space is a pretty key element. It's true. Having a life sucks. <laughs> it just takes up so much time and space. Just like give it back to me. Yeah, it's tricky. All right, so for today, we're going to try something a little different. Uh, A couple episodes back, we went through some questions from this conversational menu. So these these are cards from School of Life. They just have really interesting conversation topics on them. Uh, But this time, we're going to do it a little differently. The questions are all designed so you ask the other person. But we're going to do it instead so that the other person has to answer as if they were us. Uh, So this is going to be very much a game in, in like sharing our perspective on how we think the other person thinks, which is going to be, for me anyway, a little bit scarier. So I'm looking forward to it. Nice. (laughs) Well put. All right, yeah, let's do it. Um, The way that this card game works is that there's many different menus. Each follow a different theme. And so the card that we picked up today is about culture. So all these questions today have to do with culture in some way, shape, or form. So do you want to kick us off? Sure. All right, so if you were me, how would you answer this question? If you were to write a book, what might it be like and what would it be about? Okay, <laughs> so um, what, essentially what do I think it would be like for you to write a book and what do I think it would be about? Oh, because I, I interpreted what, what might it be like to, be, to mean what would the book be like, but I think you interpreted it to be what would the process of Correct. writing a book to be like. I All think right, that's with yours. I think it's more interesting. I think it depends on the topic to a degree. Hmm. Well, what do you think I would choose as a topic? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Well, I'd say the vast majority of your blog posts have been technical writing. Mm-hmm. And then there's one or two that explore kind of more emotional concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, okay, probably something to do with Canto. I'm going to go with that. Whoa. 
just because we've talked about it so many times and several times you've mentioned that like you have a lot to share i think about your your learnings the challenges the intricacies of the language um yeah go with that and then by your description what would it be like i'm imagining that it would be exciting kind of at least in the early kind of onset Mm. um and then i'm imagining that you would bump into some of the the cultural challenges that we've like kind of talked about, but I'm imagining that that you would get into your own head a little bit too much and like start to overthink things mm-hmm. and then be like, man, like, am I like, like justified in saying these things? Like, is it, is it okay? Um, et cetera, et cetera. And then there would be a little bit of a challenge there, mm-hmm. but that ultimately I think it would be a good process. And I think that what you have to share, I think would be beneficial and that at least I would resonate with it probably. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then imagining it would take like, I don't think it would be a long book, maybe like on the order of 50 to 100 pages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it would take you one to two years. Yeah. Cool. Fascinating. That was, so that topic was not even on my radar when I looked at this question, like nowhere at all. Although yeah. like, I think that in order to do that, I would have to be in a very different headspace than I am now. But the idea is actually pretty appealing to me. The reality is I probably just wouldn't write books nowadays. I would much rather write a series of blog posts mm. or possibly like scripts for videos to make with you. But it is true that I do have a lot of thoughts about how interesting of a language Cantonese is and the very real struggles of trying to learn it. Mm-hmm. I think that you're definitely right that uh, I would be excited about the prospect at the beginning and I would eventually possibly rapidly get very into my head being like, oh God, like can I really do this? Like, is this going to be interesting to anyone? Like, what, um, am I going to like run into problems of cultural appropriation accusations? And like, it just would immediately hit up against a bunch of my own like cultural identity struggles. So I think that probably was all spot on. One to two years sounds pretty accurate too. And I also agree, I, I wouldn't want to write a really long book. Almost, not, this is not, 100% sure, but almost all of my favorite books are relatively short. Like on the, usually in like the, I don't know, like 200 to 300 page range with a couple like bangers that are like 100 pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that's like pretty much spot on. The actual thing that, so you're, you're right also in saying that like my writing over time has drifted a lot more towards the, the emotional, interpersonal and away from the deeply technical. But I do still find myself repeatedly pulled to try to merge them to like write about technical subjects but in like an emotional or more emotional way like even in my later technical writing the thing that I really try to actively imbue into the writing itself is this intense feeling of curiosity that was driving me to write it Mm. and the the kind of joy of discovery so I think a lot of times when you read about technical material it like totally pushes out the humanistic elements but the reality is like a lot of these things were really hard to figure out were figured out because there was a person or some people that were so intensely obsessed with solving these problems and that kind of obsession is a very has a very emotional quality to it that i think unfortunately doesn't usually come through in people's writing um so for me that could either manifest as writing about a technical subject and just trying to weave that sense of wonder through the writing itself or it can manifest in a kind of, of uh, like more narrative science fiction. So like 
a book that gets referenced all the time, especially nowadays, is Diamond Age by uh, by Neil Stevenson. And it does a really good job. So like, Neil Stevenson is really good at constructing worlds to explore an idea and making those worlds really interesting and using the characters to really lend an emotional quality to the conceptual things being explored. He's awful at plot writing. and He, he never like finish a book. And the books have unfortunately just gotten longer and longer and longer and longer. Uh, but Diamond Age and Snow Crash were both like super, super good explorations of some core concept using a narrative vehicle. And I wish I could write like that. So I think that I, would, I might choose one of these facets. Um, so yeah, I feel like pretty, pretty seen. Definitely all the elements that you mentioned are, are true for me. Um, so what would Kevin write as a book? I don't think you really would write a book, to be honest. I think you would probably, there's just so many other mediums I think you find more compelling, uh, like YouTube videos. But if you were going to write a book, I, I can imagine something akin to the video you did about fear. So like the really deep interweaving of pop culture and your own personal emotional growth. So I can imagine you writing like, like a self-help book. All right, I'm going to try to be specific. Self-help book targeted at like teenage immigrant children with anime references like deeply interwoven all over the place and maybe not just anime like just generally pop culture uh, as like a means to both try to encourage those kids to develop strength but also kindness to themselves i think similarly it would not be a very long book i think you'd want it to be really really pithy and dense but also have some kind of like i think you'd want the design of it to have a kind of like austerity to it you know like not like a it would be like the opposite aesthetically of like a of like a picture book it would be like plain very minimalistic cover just like the book and then just like fat margins like lots of of negative space and then the lessons are all relatively concise but still like very interwoven with these pop culture references um yeah i can just imagine like the life lessons from anime that I return to every month and just like a series of, of like, of like a hundred, like one or two page anecdotes from your life and the thing from your life that was happening, the corresponding inspiration from anime, and then the lesson that you, you learned in the process. That's what I imagine you'd produce as a book. Sounds pretty dope, to be honest. Yeah. I think the, yeah, topic's pretty spot on, I think. A lot of the kind of writing for myself that I've, that I do, like 95% of it in the last many months has been on this exact topic. Mm. So that checks out. It's also just a reflection of what I've been thinking about lately. As if you've listened to other episodes in the past, you'll get a sense of that this topic is pretty top of mind for me. So that totally checks out. I actually didn't think about the pop culture thing, but. To vibe. I like it. I like it a lot. The framing you had around like, like, this is the experience. This is the thing I learned. This is an example from my life. And here's an example from an anime that I watched. Yeah. That checks out. I like that a lot. It's a good vibe. And I do think that to your point, I would probably in practice more make a video. But yeah, I think everything else that you described for the book also, I was like, yeah, that's, that's my energy. Like, I was literally thinking the word pithy before you <laughs> use yeah. the word pithy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like it short, concise, to the point. I also like that you described the aesthetic of the yeah. book. It also checks out, you know, I think you definitely want some negative space. 
um, on your pages. The worst is when things are densely packed together. Yeah. And yeah, I do like the like plain looking but simple aesthetic. Yeah. That's like, you know, I like that. You know, it's not overly egregious in your face, like razzle dazzle. But you can, if you look at it a little bit longer, there's like an elegance in simplicity that I think is really nice. So, yeah. It checks out. Nice, dude. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked my description of the the aesthetic of this beautiful, magical tome. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. Sick. (laughs) All right. I'm going to pass the card back. All right. In what ways and when have you been dishonest about your cultural tastes? Whoa. Oh, Oh, man. This is really hard. Honestly, like nothing is coming up for me. Because you're pretty, I think you're generally pretty straightforward. Like, I think if someone's talking about something you don't know anything about, you just flip into question asking rather than pretend you know a lot. I guess, like, my interpretation of dishonest was kind of like, sometimes I'll just, like, like nod along or, like, I see, marginally pretend that I'm, like, I might be, like, very mid on something, but then, like, I might, like, and if someone comes up to me really enthusiastic, I, like, don't want to, like, burst their bubble. The most common example for me that comes up is like music mm. where people will like express, um, I guess just like want to show me their music. Mm. And in moments where I'm kind of like, yeah, it's not really doing it for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they're just like, hey, check out my like, like this is my favorite song right now. I'll do my best to like, even if like I don't really like it that much. Mm. I'll do my best to like try and talk to them about mm. it or like kind of not burst their bubble and just tell them like I did not like this at all. There have yeah. been a few mo a few few moments of of honesty that I have come to regret. <laughs> this is the part I want to hear. In the past, someone showed me the well, actually just recommended me a show. I watched it and then after we had a conversation about it. And they were like, so what do you think? Um, we talked about the story and all that stuff. I had this like kind of interesting moment in between where I like predict, kind of predicted the end. Yeah. By like half-ish way through. Oh no. But either way, it was kind of like this conclusion. I was like, what do you think? Like, what would you give it out of 10? And I was like, oh, you know, like, a, yeah, I was like, like a six or a seven. Yeah. And then I was like, what about you? And then immediately the response was like, oh, it was like a nine or a 10 for me. And then yeah. I like at that moment, it immediately clicked. Okay. Yeah. I guess this is why it was recommended to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. The one really recommends things that they also didn't really like. <laughs> and then I, I kind of had it off, you know, if, if they're like, it was, it was like a five and you're like, why did you, write them? you know, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I had that exact moment, yeah. like realization and, and all the gears clicked and I was like, mm, okay, maybe, maybe not that I would have wanted to lie, but like, you know like it just felt like yeah it just felt kind of bad afterwards um but yeah that was uh that was a moment that sticks out where it's like yes i was honest and then just oof ouch Mm, didn't mean to do that but yeah that's why i was struggling to find examples of dishonesty like i feel like you were actually much more likely to have that problem you know i don't get this like why why is this good (laughs) then yeah. Than, than like pretending to really enjoy something that you're not. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, before we totally tangent, if someone were to make a film of bits of your life, what might be key elements of the plot? Okay. 
<laughs> a training for this one. Uh -huh. um, All right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna think through some of the elements, and then I'm gonna try to figure out how these would be these would be key plot elements. So, in the mix, I feel like first starting to watch anime, pretty crucial, pivotal moment in your life. <laughs> the inciting incident. Yeah, <laughs> the inciting incident. Oh my god. Similarly, badminton. Okay. Introduction okay. to to Olympic weightlifting also probably pretty key. Whoa, um, those all feel like they could be like in one collective. Like uh, imagining those actually, you know, at some point in the movie, someone asked you, "So like, how did you get to be so intense?" And it's just like you do a flashback, and you it's, it's each of these elements, and you going from like tiny child looking at the people being like, "Yes, I want to become this," and just like jumping from. From like observing the anime to watching someone in real life doing it to like training montage of you doing that thing and doing that for th in like three or four different domains. Wow! So imagining that like there has to be th like there has to be training montages in your movie. Absolute necessity. Amazing. Love that. Yeah. Like you could you could have like a meta training montage where it's a training montage of training montages. Just like don't. Kill I'm imagining me. like it's like the, it's like the the four screen split screen of like all of them happening in parallel. Nice. So that's like there's like that element. Uh, there has to be like a a hack the north arc. Wow. Of you building up your your hackathon empire. So this one I think is not training montage. This one is is you start off totally naive to the to the world of hackathons, and then you start going through them. You're like kind of somewhat nervously enter in, but then just like notice yourself fired up by the environment around you. And eventually, it dawns on you, I can make this. I can make one of these. So imagining you assembling your team heist style to construct construct Hack the North. So that's another, another I think, key element from your life. I think struggle to secure your first PM position would have to be in the mix as well. And like, at some point, you have to, you have to give respect to the life story element of rejecting rejections so like you're still the only like one of the only people i know that has successfully negotiated from a rejection letter to a job and you know this you know this twice right correct yeah that's just <laughs> like totally absurd so just for sheer uniqueness would definitely include that uh other key elements yeah and then you know you get the the romance arcs for sure i think i'm gonna omit the details here to spare you but Much appreciated. I, think, I think that those were both, well, I think all of them have been pivotal in really encouraging you down the, the path of emotional growth. So for sure. Yeah. I'm, I can imagine like, it is like a dramatized version of, of the whole situation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you would in an interesting cinematic, dramatic fashion, introduce the, the need for, for like self-kindness into the protagonist's arc. Like, like the lazy way of doing it is you have a dream and there's like there's like little Kevin in the dream. But I think a more interesting a more interesting way of doing it would be like through like a, a scene of observation of strangers where you just notice parents being like really hard to their kid and just having like the your main character like just watching this scene and then at first, like when the when the pressure first builds up, you're like, yeah, like that kid's gonna grow, just like nodding along, and then just you know the parents depart. You notice the kid just like extremely distraught, and then like kind of turn inwards, and then like the character like has a moment of reflection, and then and then you have like a 
like an older brother or something come along and then comfort the child and see that the kid becomes energized again. Mm-hmm. I think like weaving something into that where it's it's very low on dialogue, but reflects in your own life the this transition from feeding purely off negative energy to it's wanting more encouraging elements in yourself. I think that is also like going to be, that's really, really recent. But I think that you are at some point going to see that as like a pretty significant inflection point. What am I missing? And there's like something in here about relationship to religion in high school, but I still honestly don't know that much about that dynamic. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to highlight exactly what that trajectory was. Yeah, I think those are the... Oh, and you, you definitely have to have just generally the background setting elements of growing up with your parents and growing up like of relatively low means, but parents that were really proactive in finding ways to make it never feel like that was the case. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, just like chock full of, of like Hong Kong influence references in the initial household set. There's a lot of themes, but definitely Dude, very... you're, you're a complex man. <laughs> Got some uh, main character energy. Um, yeah, no, I think those are, we've gotten all of them. Like, like in terms of like what I would consider broad themes of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you covered all of them. Um, yeah, there's nothing more to say. Yeah, we should have to write the script. I think that's basically it. Yeah, those are probably, yeah. It's like all my interests, all of my biggest growth arcs, and mm. they're like respective themes. Mm. Starting Hack the North, job security, mm. and like breaking into the, the industry that I work in. Sports is a good one. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. I love training montages. I know. <laughs> I know so, you do. Yeah. I know you watched the My Hero training arc and it fires you up. Oh, 100%. 100%. There's actually several. Sure. That I rewatch sometimes just to get myself pumped up. Like the, the Rock Lee versus Gara fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. 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 My boy's doing like a thousand push-ups. I'm like, yes. And then like his teacher like watches him train in secret. He's like, oh, wow, he's working hard. All right, I'll come back later. Comes back. Still training. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the energy, dude. That's the energy. Just want someone to see me that way. Mm. And then this all dovetails in the whole, wait, you want other people to see you that way? Wait, maybe you can see you mm-hmm. that way. Maybe that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems pretty good too. So, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't really have much to add. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, what else? Yeah. The parental stuff's in there. The romance stuff's in there. I guess friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be the only other thing. But I guess maybe they're kind of a backdrop, you know? Continuous backdrop for all the things. Definitely no yeah. getting through any of the arcs without friend support. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to make a movie about friendship. I agree. They're usually just kind of a like the cast. Yeah. Yeah. I had another thing to say. I just forgot now. Something that you had said that... Reminded me of something. Uh, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Man, now I just want movies of all my friends' lives. I just want dramatized hour and a half versions <laughs> of all of my friends' lives. This is amazing. Right? Yeah. You should do it. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe like 10 years from now, maybe five years from now, the economics of doing this with Gen AI is actually going to make it work. Whoa. So I, was on, um, I was on a trip with a bunch of friends recently and we played, not really a game, but we just like went around and told life stories. And earlier versions of this I've played, we called it like four minute life stories where it'd be pretty rapid fire. But this time we had so much time on this long ass hike 
that we just like let people be as long as the stories naturally were. So they ended up being like 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, but now I want to do the same version of it. So like one problem with that game is that you can only really play this game like one time per group of friends. And then if you have like one or two new people in the group, then you want to hear their stories, but you don't want to like rehear all of your friends' stories. But you could modify it so that, all right, you two have known each other for eight years, you tell each other stories. Yeah. And then it's more interesting. It's a great variation. So I'm going to pull that out at some point. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Shall I do you? Do you want me to do you? Yeah, okay. I'm interested to hear what your vision for my biopic is. Well, I think I have a healthy respect for, I think you can only really fit one, maybe two themes into a movie. Perfect. No, man, for yours, I'm cramming all of it in. It's all going in. I'm like, damn, bro. This is like six movies. Okay. I don't want to start. I think evolution of family dynamics mm. would be a very, I mean, very intense, but I think it would be like, I think it would make for a great movie. Mm. Um, just the evolution and the story and everything that's happened. Just like the, you just, I mean, without going into details, just like lots of turns mm -hmm. and quite a journey. So I think that would make for a really interesting story. And I think the ultimate narrative at the end would be also very inspiring. Because I think like it's been, I think you've had to work through a lot. And I think you've come out the other side, like still as optimistic as one can be. Mm. Um, having gone through just like, like kind of like a loss of naivete in a way of just like, you don't get family's family, but like the relationships as all, as all relationships, you don't get for free necessarily. Mm -hmm. And that's tough. Um, but yeah, I think you could like, you get it out, I think in a really good place. So I think that the, mm. the story arc would be interesting to follow. And there is like true conflict, both like between intra and interpersonal conflict. And I think you've come out the other side in a pretty good place. So I think it would be, uh, that would make for a very interesting story arc. Mm. Uh, I think the, the, your career path thing would also be super interesting where we've talked a bit about how like it started off with just kind of you following your passions and your interests and that kind of by happenstance becoming like a pretty leading into a pretty lucrative profession. Mm -hmm. Um, and then coming out and then be getting to the other side of, I guess, that success. And then now having to kind of contend with, I don't want to say like more existential problems, but just that, that kind of like that, like search for, for meaning and purpose that I think is pretty universal to the human experience. I think that would be very relatable and interesting to explore. Hmm. We talked about the, the journey to Hong Kong. Like, yeah. That could definitely be a movie in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. You deciding to go, actually going, landing, be in quarantine for a while. Yeah. Starting to poke out, building the, build, establishing life in New City. Yeah. I think that the, I can literally see scenes in my mind of just like, there's definitely, that is an archetype of a movie. I think that has definitely been made. It's like a, it would be branded a coming of age story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the first time I've, I've, it's been long enough now that I feel nostalgic for it. It was like, Six months ago. Yeah. But I already feel the yeah. The contrast and like, oh like I can I can hear some of the sounds of Hong Kong that are very distinct, like the the sound of the light crossing, like the crosswalks. Mm. It's like a very distinct sound. Yeah, like the sound of the bustle in the subway. Whoa. Very interesting. 
Yeah. The ending would be very artistic. I think the whole meta conflict throughout would be like the cultural struggle for sure, but ultimately mm. following the arc of you, the under the undertone, right, of you learning the language and ultimately deciding to to cut it short versus the original plan and then you mm. coming home and that would be a very artistic place to cut it. It's like we don't give the audience the satisfaction of like, so how did it end? You have to like figure that out. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see what you mean. The, uh, the inception did the top did the top drop kind of ending um a little bit like that or you just say i did like i want to leave the audience because i run i hate cliffhangers so i kind of want to view this give it to other people of just like you would like move back but then it's like tbd like whether or not like did he find happiness mm. was it even about the language mm. was it mostly just about finding a place that you belong did he find it i don't know Whoa. That would be it, I think. Whoa, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this is the stuff that, like, movies are about, you know? These kind of broader broader themes and struggles. Um, we could definitely also do a good one about, like, just the struggle with depression. Yes. That was also definitely a time. Very intrapersonal conflict. Definitely with interpersonal conflict scattered throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's like there's like very little good media about about like mental illness mm -hmm. that uh, that portrays it as real, but also not um, but also not like linear. Like I think a lot of like I think there's something there's some media about mental health where it starts okay and just goes down, it's bad, and it just like ends up being really sad. <laughs> and there's other media where it's just like the better version is, is people just like kind of living. With it, but it's still like very centered. But to me, the most interesting kind of media around this is like where it plays a significant role, but it's not, it doesn't define the character. Like the character has other really interesting traits. Uh, mm, I see. Yeah. Like it's just like they are a character that lives with depression. Right. But exactly. that's not like the only thing that happens in the movie. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You know? Yeah, it's true. Kind of like showing them more just like mundane, quote unquote, like everyday struggles and kind of giving visibility to that. Yeah. But it not being like their entire personality. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's very humanizing. Exactly. You know, it doesn't, because then it takes them from, it makes them not just a caricature. Exactly. And yes. And it like, like emphasizes that like these are real people. The point is not, this is the character with depression. Right. It's like, this really interesting person has depression and it like shapes their life in this interesting way. That's right. Um, yeah, like the, I think this was one of my favorite books that does a really good job of this is Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. <laughs> and it's like very intentional and it's very based on, well, it's heavily influenced by his own experiences as someone that has like really challenging intrusive thoughts. Uh, and the character is this, if you if you like took away their mental their their past of their mental illness from their book, the character would still be really interesting as a person, but like the book wouldn't really work. Um, so the way that I like to think about it is in that book, it's almost like the mental illness is like a character. It's like a separate character uh, that interacts with this other facet of the main character in the same way that like you know how in some in some media the the weather is almost like a character. Like it, it actually like mm -hmm. plays an active role. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. Like these things, viewing these things as like forces of nature, but not 
the core of a character. And that book does a really good job of that. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I think I think that you like definitely nailed some of the big the big elements, the career path thing. And like some of this is like a lot for me to listen to because a lot of these are ongoing or like not like fully, fully resolved. Like the the Hong Kong one, still like definitely a huge step, but I'm not I don't know how I don't know how happy I am with this this art house ending of is he is he gonna be happy? Like, did he find a place of belonging? Like, no, I just want to like find the happy ending. Like, just give me the the boring, straightforward happy ending here. Uh, no, man, all I'm hearing is that this my movie ending reflects reality. Uh, <laughs> I don't want it to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I think that the the depression thing is um, definitely was really influential, and it's like in a way that like yeah, going going through like a major depressive episode like. Well, it's been like it's been like five years now, it's like yeah, six six years now. Um, but it is really weird to recognize like how much it really did affect my life mm. uh, in a way that like yeah, like it, I think akin to what I was describing with the book, it feels to me like it affected my life in the same kind of intense way that other people have, or that forces of nature like like COVID did. Like it was just like a total forced reorientation of my worldview. And it's it's a really weird thing to not be able to really compare experience. So like, I know for sure that I don't feel the same way as I did when I was in the depth of it. But trying to answer the question, like, have I ever really felt like I did before it hit ever again? It's like, it's pretty hard to know. Like, it's hard to know whether whether facets of myself just, like, permanently changed in a way that I can never fully reclaim um, or not. I just, like, I have writing that I have from before then, but it's, like, hard to to compare the visceral sense. And it's now especially long enough ago that, like, it's, it's really hard for me to definitively know whether something was, like, permanently changed in me. But... Um, that definitely was the part in my life where I started to really directly think about mental health in a way that was not optional anymore. And I think like the, the larger part of that arc was after that, trying to systematically work on different sources of anxiety in my life and just trying to get them all into a place where they no longer cause me distress. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, that, that's also like a path that I'm still on. It's just that it's getting increasingly amorphous. Uh, so I don't know where the, where the narrative version of this goes. Like maybe the, the movie... Turns out that, you know, all of these things were just kind of distractions. And ultimately, there's like a thing that needs to be more directly confronted, or it could also be the end point is um, you realize that they were all distractions in a different sense, and that this is a thing to just like live with. This is just part of you. This is just who I am. Um, but yeah, I think the family dynamics thing is interesting. The career path, definitely very real. Um, yeah, and then dating life would also be like, a, I don't know, the dating life like is one actually to me that that has the least like clear narrative. Like I don't even know how to describe that whole structure to anyone. Whereas the other ones that had a lot more intentionality behind them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would much rather watch her movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? I think it's just because like, you know, it's it's like too, op- like by definition too close. Okay, yeah. And like too like unresolved. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's different when you're you're in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're like <laughs> that that cliffhangerness that I was describing as a spectator, like you're living it. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm just in that moment right now. So Yeah. 
yeah, talk to me in five years and then see, see if I'd want to watch the movie then. All right. All right. All right. Well, I mean, it's the cool part. You need to go. You, you get to go right then. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. With, your, with how you live your life. Whoa. Yeah. All right, man. I'm getting pretty tired. So I think I'm going to call it now. Yeah. It's true. Same. How you feeling, man? Hmm. I think I'm still like about the same physically, like like a three now. Mm. Emotionally, yeah, also about the same. Maybe a little less, like five or six. Just mm. getting a little tired now. Um, I feel very relaxed though. Mm. Yeah, less frazzled, kind of just settling in. I feel like that was like a. It's definitely not like the most emotionally intense conversation that we've had, but I think it was a very cozy one. Yeah. Yeah, I think physically like a four, emotionally like like I think it's about the same to be honest, but a seven, seven and a half. I think the the mood. I also feel pretty relaxed, which is really nice. I feel very. I think part of that relaxed more specifically is I don't feel rushed. I feel like I have time. Whoa. Just, you know, I would like to go sleep, but I don't feel like I must leave right now. Like there's no like urgency behind it, which is really nice. It is really nice. Um, and then, I, yeah, I feel very, like, appreciative and, and seen. And, like, it is, I don't know, it's always reassuring to know when, when my friends, like, remember parts of my story and get me. I feel like you get me. And nice, I appreciate dude. that. Nice, man. Yeah, I do listen from time to time. You've yeah. been known to listen. Yes, from time to time. <laughs> I do try sometimes. Nice, man. All right. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, it was right. fun. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is for you in the day. For us, it is bedtime. So I'll see you in two weeks. See ya. If you enjoyed this conversation, please help us by leaving a rating on your favorite podcast app. We would really appreciate it because it helps us grow and lets others find the show. When we're not podcasting, Kevin also makes YouTube videos. And Jamie has a blog. You can find links to these in the episode description. The intro music you heard in this episode was made by Harry Dye. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks.